folk, noise, electronics, and improvisation. How can radical music help us manifest new possibilities for thinking and imagine new ways of organizing community through ritual behaviors, actions, and languages? Across two nights, Liquid Architecture and Melbourne Music Week present a program of electronic music genealogies, featuring artists whose work span the 1970s to today and represent multiple generations of Melbourne's experimental scene. Elsie is a sound artist and musician, drawing heavily from bass music continuums and occasionally drifting towards sound collage and ambient spaces. Ahead of her performance for Liquid Architecture and Melbourne Music Week, Elsie discusses working with machines to create rhythmic dialogues, the differences in approaches and personas when making music in collaboration and solo, and the communities that allowed for her initial experimentations with noise. This is a podcast from Liquid Architecture. Support Liquid Architecture's podcast and publishing through a Patreon subscription. To support, head to patreon.com slash liquidarchitecture. I'm Isla, I'm 22, I'm a producer and a DJ living on stolen and unceded lands of Wurundjeri and Bunrung people near Mooney Ponds Creek in West Brunswick. I've been making electronic music of some kind or another for maybe around 10 years at this point, but only recently have I felt able to actually commit to it and take it seriously. So that's been a nice change. I like to improvise a lot live around a loose structure generally. I find it too stressful to play tracks from my discography because I worry about not being able to reproduce them, I suppose. I think um, for the show, I'll probably just be using one or two pieces of gear and just be playing something very stripped back, probably just drums, basically. <laughs> I'll just see what happens. I generally wing it a little bit. Yeah, I find that fun. <laughs> for, for a long time, I was able to perform using like physical synthesizers, which was very fun. But over the course of the past several lockdowns, the majority of my gear has broken. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been waiting for it to be repaired and that should happen sometime this month. But yeah, once that's all fixed, I'll probably be back to incorporating some physical hardware synthesizers into my sets. But apart from that, it's mostly just physical drum machines and then stuff on my laptop um, if it's not too annoying to uh, program.
I like when different parts of a rhythm feel like they're talking to each other and like they know each other and like between each beat they're sort of I don't know I like beats to feel like each part is jumping between each other I suppose and and if I can create something that is very sparse and yet very rhythmic I suppose I like that sound when it has as little fat as possible and yet maximum <laughs> I don't know maximum impact or something like that I don't know I, if if I can create something very simple and very sparse and yet very well that makes me want to dance then that's when I know I have a sound I guess I feel it in my body in that way um ideally <laughs> there's some very subtle sort of phasing polyrhythms I guess that are very hard to pin down but have this very specific sort of like beautiful quality to them I suppose that I feel really happy with I, I love working with things that can create their own rhythms and it feels like I'm working with them and neither of us is working for the other in terms of gear it's it's a nice little conversation and a collaboration with you know my synthesizers and my machines mm. It's nice to feel like you're working with a machine, whether it's a laptop, or, but more specifically like hardware. And it feels like there's a point where you meet in the middle where neither of you quite sort of understands the other and neither of you, neither of you quite speaks the other's language. But there's a, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to be able to feel like you have a relationship with the tools that you use in that way, I suppose. And I feel like the work I'm most happy with comes when that happens, I suppose. And I don't feel like anything has to be forced to emerge, I suppose. I did a lot of it alone for a long time. I mean, I would share it with my parents who've always been very supportive of stuff I make, which is very sweet and I'm lucky in that way. But also with friends when I was in high school who I didn't don't think quite understood what I was trying to do, but were excited to hear it anyway. <laughs> um, and then later when I was sort of, I don't know, between 13 and 16, <laughs> um, I had a family friend, um, David Prescott-Steed, who would run these improvisational analog, um, mostly analog, uh, noise gigs, mostly at Whole Lot of Love Bar in Brunswick. And so I was just this very small kid surrounded by people who were mostly in their 30s doing these really intense noise and like drone sets where I'd be randomly paired with another musician and I did several of those and that was how I started to appreciate noise and that's probably the reason why I've occasionally turned to noise when I'm not thinking about rhythm as much or clarity <laughs> um, 
or, you know, um, sparseness. It was really nice to have that community and to be able to test the limits um, of what I could make in that way. Yeah, and then since then, the community around Crazy Arms in Melbourne and then Miscellanea now, both run by my friend Sasha, has been like the most supportive community I've ever found in my life. And that's sort of been my home, I guess, that that group of people for the past year or two. And that's been really lovely. A lot of the time when I'm making music for other people, it is a very different persona that comes out and it ends up sounding a lot more like music that I was making early on that was more sort of like ambient and abstract, not so much noisy, but um, very uh, sort of messy and chaotic, very granular ambient spaces, I suppose. I think that's generally, when I'm doing soundtrack work, that's generally what I turn to. Um I feel a lot more like Isla in those situations and then more like Alcy when I'm making club music for, for myself, basically, and for my friends in that context. Um, but I generally have, yeah, quite separate sounds. But, I mean, the skills that I pick up by working for myself and working for other people will, will intersect at times. Um, and sometimes I'll sample things that I've made for myself as the basis for things that I make for other people. And I just sort of treat everything I've made as something that can later be repurposed and restructured until it's unrecognizable. And yeah, everything I make can be a tool in that way. And it can be something else later, very different to what it is now, I suppose. I'm currently trying to learn how to mix my own music. Um, I'm doing a sound school workshop, which has been really great so far on mixing. And I don't really feel comfortable doing releases until I can be sure that they'll sound okay. But I've got like four gigs in December, which is the most busy my performing schedule has ever been. So that's been something to adjust to I suppose um, and I feel very like flattered that people want me to play at things as well
This recording was produced by Mara Schreitfeger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. To support our podcast and publishing, head to patreon.com slash liquidarchitecture.